A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, at DeadPullHitter on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in once again. This will be the main event rundown for Fab of the Week 5-9 in the NFBC. I will be going it, uh, breaking it down with Mr. Todd Whitestone at Telestar7 on Twitter and on SPStreamer.com, where you can catch his free articles every week that goes over what we're talking about in this episode, as well as a ton of other Free articles on spstreamer.com if you don't head over there. For streaming advice all around, go check it out. Me and Todd get into some player trends, some player movement. We talk about the Grom going on the IL. We talk about Luke Voigt coming back. Um, yeah, get into all that fun stuff. Hope everyone's having a great May so far and that they're enjoying their life. Right, Any day above ground is a good day. Anything after that is strictly gravy. So hope everyone's working hard. Focus on your dreams, making it happen, right? The only way we could do it, because nobody's going to do it for you. That's for sure. So, with that being said, enjoy this episode. Peace! Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Once again, I'm here with uh, Mr. Todd Whitestone. Todd, how are you doing today? Fine, Rob. How's it going with you? Okay? It's going wonderful. It's a beautiful day here in New Jersey. The sun is out. Uh, it's like a f- nice fall, springish type day. Um, yeah, you know, I just told you previously before the podcast started, I had a, a, a football dynasty rookie draft last night. So that threw me for a little loop. I've been so invested in my baseball and um, every year I get more and more out of uh, my desire to play fantasy football. But uh, so I had my first year um, rookie draft last night. So for a day or maybe two days, <laughs> I had to, you know, dive into some values there. But I'm past that now and I'm happy. I made some um, I made some pre-draft trades, you know, which was pretty cool. I got in on the action, uh, the dormant league, but uh, I shook it up a little bit before the league started. And uh, yeah, so but I'm happy to get past that. And I'm here yeah. to talk, you know, about some main event fab results. Um, okay. but first, I wanted to go over some quick news um, in baseball. Mr. Jake DeGrom hits the I.L., um, it sucked as a Met fan and, a, you know, Jake DeGrom, um, owner in fantasy baseball. But uh, hopefully it's just something quick that he can uh, come come back from and keep it going. I know a lot of people think he's the injury prone type, even though he never really misses many starts. Uh, I like to think he's the kind of guy who works through little injuries and, not, and is not a big baby like a lot of other pitchers are. So, But um, do, do you have him anywhere, Todd, that you're having to replace his production this week? No, I tended not to go with pitchers in the first round, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, and look, I'm a Yankee fan, but baseball is better when Jacob deGrom is pitching and, 
you know, I certainly enjoy watching him. And I do feel like it's going to be not a long absence. You know, I think they're being as careful as they can be. They don't want to have him really hurt himself. So uh, he's feeling something. They want to rest it and makes sense to me. It's funny because, um, you know, uh, he it was actually a dumb move to have him go out and, and, and um, take some swings and then go back up. You could see he was having trouble locating that whole day. I think five innings would have been a good day for him, but, and then, you know, he was out there taking big hacks and it's funny because a lot of people were, you know, commenting, Oh, you know, just tell him not to swing and do this and that. And it's so funny because I think it's like, we're such a hypocritical world sometimes we're asking (laughs) so much of these athletes, right? Play through this, play through that, do better, be better. And then it's like, don't swing. And it's funny because I just have like an issue with people thinking that like athletes have such a easy choice to turn it off. Like some of them just don't have that off switch. Like people like Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, like they don't have the off switch. It doesn't go off. So, and the Grom's a good hitter. So I know the smart thing would be to, you know, to him to tell, Hey, you know, uh, take it easy up there. But, you know, he, he doesn't smile on the mound, Todd. He, I feel like he would get the teen wolf red eyes and just look at <laughs> Rojas and just be like, get out of my face, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the other thing to, to understand, Rob, is that, you know, all these athletes, if you think that they're 100% never feeling anything uh, and, and that they always are pitching or hitting in that situation, that's not true. Right. They always have little nagging things here and there. And this one crossed over the line and maybe they should have rested him. But it's not like, oh, he's perfectly healthy, not feeling anything. And then all of a sudden he's feeling something. Right. It's just, uh, you know, a little soreness. And sometimes it's fine. And sometimes, you know, they really, it starts to get worse. Right. So, uh, Absolutely. I hope, I hope he's, he's back quickly. And, you know, I know you drafted him number one in our league. And yep. Um, he's a big uh, cog for many fantasy owners, not just you. Right, right. Yeah, let's see what happens. We'll just roll through it. Yeah, we, you know, we we can't expect every player we drafted to, uh, you know, be no. 100% and play every single inning or no. at bat. So um, how about Mr. Luke Voigt, uh, Yankee fan? You must be happy he's back. <laughs> and um, do you have him anywhere in fantasy where you've yeah. been stashing him? Oh, cool. So. Yeah, right. I'm, uh, I, have, I have nine leagues, as I remember telling you, I think. And uh, I have them on three of them. Okay. Uh, one of them is the league that we drafted together. Of course, I I drafted him, and I think the next day was when the injury was announced. So I can't right. claim that I stashed him or got this great bargain. But uh, I am happy <laughs> to get him back. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that he's just, you know, slowly builds into it. I don't expect you know, the world, but they, the Yankees do need him. He's, he's got great uh, contact skills, even though he's a power hitter and they just have a lot of guys that swing and miss. So they really need him in the lineup. I feel. Right. And we have, um, I just pulled up his rest of season projections on fan draft and steamer has them for 20 homers rest of season and uh, 386 at bat. The bat X is 25. So I think he'll take that rest of season, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. All right. Sign me so, up. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, what about Mr. CJ Crone? He hits the 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 IL, and it's just, oh man, just the Rockies are gonna Rocky too. Even like when he was getting injured, I was like, oh, they're gonna start playing with the playing time now with Matt Adams. But 
maybe the injury was affecting his production as well. But do you have him anywhere that you had to either dump him or um, kind no. of find a replacement for him? No. No, he was mm. he was rising so fast during draft season that I thought it wasn't worth it to be honest. Right. Right. So, uh, but he, people were going crazy. I mean, he started out being the guy that, oh my goodness, he's going to sign. He's going to be in Colorado. He's going to be a great bargain because of how late he was initially being drafted. But then he soared. I think he, he went around pick 100 in the, some of the late drafts. Right. And yeah, he was, did. He, yeah. He rose up there very quick. Yeah. That was too, too high for me. I, but anyway, yeah, I think it is unfortunate that he's got this IL stint and he might miss a few uh, games at Coors as well. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the uh, main event fab result. Um, you had a fantasy advice for mom in your article from the SPStreamer.com. <laughs> um, and it was great. I had, I had a blast. I'm telling you, Todd, your lead-ins into your article are just right on point. Uh, last, <laughs> last week with the Star Wars and this week with the, uh, with, uh, you know, mom, mom saying different things and how it relates to your fantasy teams. It's really awesome. I think, I think my favorite though is, is the, um, um, mom, mom said my kids told me they wanted more options in their dinner menu, so I gave them two choices: take you or leave. <laughs> and and you said sometimes the choices in fantasy baseball are that quite simple. Like you know, it's uh, you just don't bench your best players even if they're slumping, right? You know, exactly. um, it, yeah. yeah it, it's, sometimes it's just simple as that. Um, yep. And uh, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed your article. And as we see, there's a lot less action this week as we've seen in the first six weeks of the season. Um, you want to give the listeners a quick breakdown of what you found this week? Sure, sure. So um, the, the number of pickups remained about the same at about 1,300 for the entire 43 main event leagues. But the spending was down as Rob and I predicted. It had to come down as 66 or $67 per team was not going to uh, be sustainable. Right. So this, this week it went down to 47 and I think it will probably go lower still. Um, even with that, the no amount of spending for the average team is 431. So you can figure that people are in the 500s right now. And even if they keep spending at 47, that's going to come down rather quickly. I think maybe, Rob, it's going to go at 40 for another week or two, and then 30s will be start to become the norm. Right. And then we'll see uh, a, a possible uh, Faber Palooza explosion when multiple rookies get called yes, up. <laughs> yes. That'll be the test when people have 400 left. Are they really going to bid 220 on a hot rookie? I, I'm not sure. Right. Right. Um, I mean, there's this, there's a, a couple of rookies who were already drafted in the main event who are gotten off to uh, some great starts, notably Joe Adele, who was picked up this week uh, by a couple of teams. Um, what about the bids this week over 100 and 200? I think those are noticeably down as well, right? Yes. Uh, for the first week, there were zero 200 and up bids. So that's uh, predictable that it would happen eventually, but maybe not this week. And then there were only what was there, 27, I think, bids over 100. And wow. that was way down from the, uh, what was it, 80 or something last, the previous week. 
Yep. So 83, 81, and 91, the last three weeks. Yeah. Right. So, so I remember in previous years, Rob, in the main event, I would have trouble knowing when the period was when people sort of slowed their spending. And this is definitely that moment where right. you might think, oh, gee, I have to bid 100 to get a certain player. But really, it's unlikely that your competition is going to 100. Um, more likely, a 50 is a really sizable bid right now. Right. Um, so you have to keep that in mind. And certainly, that doesn't guarantee that you'll get the player. But right. there's only 27 100 and up bids in 43 leagues. And remember, 43 leagues of 15 teams each. That's a lot of teams considering what to bid. And only 27 times was there a winning bid over 100. I guess there were there might have been a few uh, secondary bids over 100. But um, so so yeah, the numbers are, are dropping, and it's mathematics, and it has to happen. But uh, we still have to take a look at who's being um, you know bid on and which players are important. But it's just that they'll be bid on at lower numbers. Right. That's absolutely right. Um, as you can see by the leading um, ad this week, William Contreras, little younger brother of Wilson Contreras. He was picked mm -hmm. up in 42 leagues. Um, and I think the catcher injuries have been mounting and also just uh, obviously taking over for a large amount of time. But also we can see that he definitely can um, hold his own so far in the league and uh, is being linked to, uh, you know, um, a pedigree like his brother is also pretty solid, but yeah, he went in 42 leagues for an average of 38 bucks across all the winning bids and 21 bucks across all the runner up bid uh, average when it's high as 101. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about William Contreras going forward? Well, if you compare him to the catcher landscape, I think he's a fine addition. He's a fine uh, dart to throw. I'm not sure that he's shown anything that he will definitely improve everybody's fantasy team. But compared to some of the guys that are bumping around 180 and hitting for no power, certainly I like the move, uh, right. especially, especially for the people that got him, you know, $40 and less. That's a really uh, excellent addition. And I think he could provide some pop. He did hit a homer already, I believe. Yeah. He did. And I'm kind of thinking a little back to last week when um, we saw Kyle Higashioka um, go for as high as $100 in leagues. And I kind of mm -hmm. feel like a little safer um, when when comparing bids, a little safer with this for at least playing time. Um, yes. Maybe it's not so much. The skills would be so much different, but the playing time for sure. Uh, but like you said, uh, it, it's um, I think any bid probably like $50 and lower was really super um, when you had to reach a little higher. Um, I guess, you know, you really need a catcher could probably yeah. piece together some streaming options to, you know, to get close to what he would be doing, but still, nonetheless, if you wanted to fill that um, hole and think he could be rest of season type of guy for you, um, you know, it was pretty solid at, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'll play every day because they still have Jeff Mathis, who is a pretty good defensive catcher right. so it's a question of will he get 70 percent or more of the playing time that would make it a much better addition if they if they played him that much 
Right. Absolutely. Um, I want to move over to Trevor Larnack um, of the Minnesota Twins got called up to replace Alex Kurlov, who went on the IL, and mm-hmm. Arias, who was on the IL, so and, and Buxton. So injuries are mounting in Minnesota. They bring up another rookie here in Larnack. Um, I was involved with some bidding here for Larnack. I got him for 32 bucks. Um right. Right. In, in our league together, I thought the back, I thought, I honestly thought I wasn't going to get him. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of, uh, I've been like in that Fred Zinke, um, I, how he always says he tried to be the third, like the second or third highest bidder. And um, it, it's funny. I thought I would, I thought mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get him. And I was sh- shocked that he was one of the lowest um, like backups for him across mm-hmm. all the leagues. Um, so I don't expect him to, you know, um, light, light my team on fire, but um, I do like his skills from mm-hmm. the minors, and uh, I, you know, I needed a, I needed an outfielder. He replaced Jonathan Dowser for me, who just started lo- losing playing time all of a mm-hmm. sudden um, because they're the Rockies. Um, <laughs> so um, I needed a outfielder to round out. Uh, it was like my sixth outfielder. Um, you know, um, hopefully that he puts together a couple. I, I think he's safe for like two or three weeks before, um, you know, they might be more at full strength where uh, I'd have to determine what I was going to do to him. But do you um, have any interest here in Mr. Larnack? I did have interest. I didn't get him because I put him further down my priority list, mm-hmm. but I do think he's got the possibility to hit for some really good power. And like you said, two or three weeks, he should have playing time. The key to whether he'll be a outstanding ad in my mind is whether Kirilov is out for a really longer period, you know, right. He has, Good he point. Has that wrist injury. And uh, I'm hoping personally, since I have him in one league, I'm hoping that Kirilov isn't out for that long, but if he's out for the season or several months, then Larnack could really carve out some playing time. Yeah. And, and it seems to be, um, the fact that it's a recurring injury is is a little scary, and I think on that end they'll probably play it as safe as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, you know, that's what I would think they would do with Kirilov. But uh, and I'm not being biased at all. I'm hoping that Lana <laughs> gets some more. I just figure that that would probably be their best route, um, you know, in uh, and um, trying yeah. to keep him healthy going forward. Um, yeah, they did give him a cortisone shot. So I think they're waiting to see how that takes. Gotcha. Right. Um, so Mr. Pete Fairbanks went for as high as 109 across 32 leagues. Mm-hmm. And he just actually highlighted um, a full um, Tampa Bay scoop this whole weekend. He went in 32 leagues. Uh, Kitridge was picked up in 16 leagues for as high as 39. And Jeremy Springs was also scooped up and him um, as high as a hundred, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this confused me a little bit because Castillo's due back, I think Thursday or Friday. Um, right. And obviously, right. you know, we know the history of him not ever being the full guy. And then this year getting this, you know, run as the full guy. Um, so I don't know if everyone's trying to squeeze out a save for the first half of the week and then hope, that, you know, that guy will continue running some, you know, saves out there. I don't know. It was just, it was just a lot. Um, I think in my eyes to see all these guys, you know, get some pretty solid bids. 
uh, right. where I don't think they're going to hold this type of value going forward. Right, right. Yes, Fairbanks, I think, is the most talented pitcher of the three guys you mentioned. Right. So I think if if owners were adding based on just the fact that he could help your ratios and maybe uh, get a few strikeouts, I think that's great. I'm not sure if the Rays are going to go back to moving the saves around between two, three, four guys. But if they do, maybe Fairbanks could be in the mix. Um, but I, I'm not sure I would have bid at the upper end, end of this range for Fairbanks even so. You know, he's probably got a limited appeal for saves. And the question that you raised last week of do you want to really put a guy in your lineup that has a 50% of a save chance, even if he's, he's active in your lineup. Right. So I'm not sure he's the guy to spend a hundred bucks on. I'm like more one thing right now is that at least impartial, um, my strategy in my head feels like the best route is like, if I don't have those saves, like I'm not going to plug in that guy to mm-hmm. maybe get a save where, um, you know, just, anticipating a rash of pitcher injuries and pitching like carousel toward the end of the year. So I'm just trying to get my innings and my K's as much as I can now and skip, you know, that playing that speculative, maybe get a save with, uh, you know, um, a Fairbanks of some sort where, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some, some clearer, uh, you know, bullpen things later Mm -hmm. later in the season where I can capitalize on, putting a guy in who's just getting all the opportunities and getting right. some innings now, but um, you know, right. uh, I don't know. That's just uh, my preference to play it right now. But yeah, again, like you said, if you're playing for better ratios, um, it, it's fine. It's just, you know, better ratios aren't 78 and $84 build, bids in my eyes, you know, right. um, you, you can find that. Uh, and, and Fairbanks just, you know, had a pretty serious injury that he's coming back from. And I don't think they're going to overwork him either. I think they even mentioned something about making sure he gets uh, at least a day of sometimes two, you know, off yep. in between. Um, yep. Same thing for Kittridge, you know, obviously he flip-flops it between a, an opener and a, a sometimes closer and sometimes highest leverage. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing to Springs. You know, that was the one that was surprising. There's 149 for Springs. Um, that's like... You know, that that's like full-time closer numbers for uh, a lefty, sometimes closer. So, yeah, that He's a good pitcher, sense. don't get me wrong, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah, not something I totally be into. Um, while we're talking about closers here, I wanted to bring up um, Mr. Tyler Rogers on mm-hmm. the San Francisco Giants. So, Gabe Clapper, let it be known that, uh, you know, he would definitely be in line for some more save opportunities. Uh Greg Jewett on the athletic um, he he's been mentioning um, very frequently about how much of the workload that Rogers and um, Jake McGee are receiving. So um, Tyler Rogers was a pretty popular pickup this week. I think he'd been popular for the last three or four weeks. Uh, I know right. I took a stab at him three weeks ago when McGee had a reaction to the uh, vaccine and I was, you know, um, uh, was hoping for Rogers for, uh, you know, a couple of saves maybe that week or at least one in the beginning of the week and actually let him go. And um, pretty popular this week, 134 highest bid 
Uh, his average winning bid across all the bids was 47 bucks, and the average backup was 27 So a lot of competition for Tyler Rogers. How do you like his chances going forward? I think he's another one, Rob, that could get save opportunities, but I don't think he's going to get, you know, 80% of them. So right. the question is, do you think McGee will just implode and lose the job completely? I don't quite see that. Um, or do you think that you just like having Tyler Rogers because it's great to have the specific number two guy in a bullpen and something might happen and you can just um, always, you know, slot a guy in. Right. If, if everything stays the same, I don't think he's a great guy to have in your active lineup right now, unless things change. Right. I totally agree with that. Um, and like I mentioned, the workload, you know, if you just project out like his volume that he's seen in the first five weeks, six weeks shouldn't continue going forward. Um, and if that's the case, seeing less action in the pen is even worse um, to put in for a possible save. But I think he has a shot to to um, to get it. I know everyone, you know, always likes to talk about guys being Kapler'd. Um, and then a mm -hmm. fair amount of people forget that Kapler had Neris for one whole season as his guy. So right. he's had seasons where he's had a guy. Um, right. A lot of people seem to be mistaken that Kapler's always um, a rotating guy, but he's not. Um, yeah, if he I finds a guy that. he likes, he's going to use him like he did for McGee. Um, just seeing some, you know, some, some chinks in the armor right now. So. Yeah. And McGee, McGee got also, to save last night, Rob. Right. So yeah. Right, uh, you did. I, I also seem like I feel like too. If they if they keep winning and they want to compete with the Dodgers, they're going to be the team to add a bullpen arm or, or mm -hmm. you know to um if they if they're still trying to piece things together. And uh, I feel like they're going to at least try to get more depth because um they are a surprising team. And I, I'm yes. definitely liking what they're doing with their pitching there. They got some they got some great organizational uh, things happening there because the pitchers they're getting. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're just uh, unleashing them. Now, you know they're they're becoming better pitchers in their organization. So their their analytic team is uh, definitely sharp and something sure. something to look uh, forward to. Especially if anyone's playing in dynasty league, you know he's just starting to uh, <laughs> pick up some San Francisco guys that might be on the cheap. Yep. Um, yep. Let's see. Are there any more closers that popped up this week that we could talk? Oh, Daniel Bard, who is released and. Um, I think about four leagues because it got picked up in four, uh, 172, 111, um, 77, and 57. And actually, um, it's interesting. In the one league, he had no runner-up bid. In the league, he went for 57. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I know Givens was a popular pickup as a stash in case um, – you know, Bard kind of lost the job and imploded. They're playing all seven at Colorado this week. So I know that's why a lot of people kept Givens around, um, right. thinking that this is the week that, you know, Bard will especially um, implode. He definitely hasn't looked the the safest out there, but no. he can, he still, he's still got the opportunity um, to close out the game last time out. Yes, I, so, yes, I think he's still the closer. I admit he's not the safest guy, Yeah. but I don't know that Michael Givens will be safe if he gets the job either. Uh, it's, it's yeah, a little he'd bit never of, been safe, Michael Givens. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a little bit of a crapshoot when you're going with Colorado closers generally, 
but um, Bard was available in one of my mains. He was the $77 bid that was successful. We bid, but we didn't get him. We weren't going to bid a lot. So in Oaktown, is that uh, Scott Jenstad? That's Scott Jenstad who yeah. uh, beat, beat us out. I think he really was low on closers in that league. So it makes sense. I mean, if, I like you're, really, yeah. if you're really down and you just got to try to get saves anywhere, it's possible that he regains his footing and gets plenty of saves going forward. Right. Could that 77, even the 111, totally trumps, in my eyes, the Tyler Rogers for the same amount, you know? Yes. Because yes. he is still the guy. You know, obviously yes. the numbers aren't pretty and he may give you a little agita as you're watching him, but, um, you know, <laughs> he still being the guy uh, is definitely trumps, I think, <laughs> if you're needing saves, you know? Yes, That's exactly. for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, a couple of multi-eligibility um, players that I wanted to bring up real quick, uh, Nico Goodrum and Jonathan VR, popular mm-hmm. pickups this week. Um, VR, um, obviously some, some playing time brought up for him with the injury to JD Davis and Brandon Nimmo. He's been getting out there. Um, I don't, you know, been stealing a ton, but just the volume and opportunity and multi-eligibility, I think made him a popular pickup this week. Um, he went for as high as 101 and his average winning bid was 50 bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you in at all on Mr. VR? If you had a not, chance to. I was not. I didn't really, I don't think that he was available in anything, uh, a league that I really was looking at steals, but VR is, is one of these guys that can spike a, quite a few steals in a very short period of time. Right. So I think that's the real value. He's getting playing time now, as you mentioned, and he may be able to give you three, four, five steals in a week. So that's really attractive. Um, Nico Goodrum, I do have in a couple leagues, and uh, I don't know if you've watched him play, Rob, but he's he's interesting to me because if you watch him, he can swing wildly and he misses the ball by like a foot, and then the next the next pitch he can really drive it and hit it pretty solidly, and he does have speed, so he can steal bases. So it's just weird because sometimes when he swings, it looks like he has no idea what he's doing up there. Uh, and I think he does have a, a very high strikeout rate, but other times he does hit the ball hard. So I don't quite know how he pulls that off, but I do have him in a couple leagues where I'm hoping to get steals from him. Right. Yeah. His, his, his swing path must be um, like uh, something that doesn't get repeated very well. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure the next thing, the next that cast visualization, hopefully if, if it's on swing path and for batters, maybe we can start to mm-hmm. understand those things. But yeah, I I have Nico wherever um he was available. I drafted him in a couple of weeks and um I just like the versatility. I know the average is a killer, but uh, everybody's average is a killer. So he's actually right. hitting above league average right now and uh, pumping in four homers and four steals, um, four for seven um, on the base pass. So that's got to get a little better, but at least I got to like the aggressiveness, the stone base opportunity. Um, it's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, he, he's a guy who's just, he's going to strike out a ton. Um, that's his usual stick, but uh, I don't know. His, his, his got six barrels this year. His hard right. hit rate is 51%. And, and the multi-eligibility scene, he had a run where he played short for um, a, good amount of days straight and you know they uh he's got he, he got comfortable there and he, he seems to be playing as much as he can um yep. uh, i think much better going forward than 
VR. VR I just don't see the the full time plate appearances right, that would be worth right. you know picking them up, especially when when um the other guys come back and um you yes. know he he's had the chance to run too. That's the thing. He's and he just hasn't um, been as aggressive as he has been in the past. So I don't know if that's yeah. a Met thing or I don't know if that's a him thing where he just you know uh, not feeling it or not going for it, right, but. Uh, right. But I do yeah. agree with you. VR is more of a short-term ad, whereas Nico Goodrum, I, I don't know why he would lose playing time. I don't know who they would be putting in to the middle infield that would have him be on the bench. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Because I think in the end, um, Castro, uh, he's been picking it up too recently, and he he got the full backing of the coach Willie Castro. That is how Castro's been playing a lot too. But um, they said that. Willie Castro will continue playing um, that, right. and that, you know, last year they, sh- that he showed a ton that they wouldn't really be worried about, you know, right. um, about his skills going forward and scope is just a uh, scoop scope. I just don't feel like, uh, I feel like they'll realize that he's just is what he is and right. that they need to get these young kids in there, you know, yeah, I know they got Isaac think... Paredes too, like waiting in the wings to come up possibly, um, you know, and get involved in that, in that infield action as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I yeah agree, but I, agree. Nico, I like for sure. I think um, he was a solid pickup by the by um, teams that picked him up this week, because um, I think he just uh, you know plug him in, get some power and speed, and uh, that's a good combination for sure. Yep. Um, I wanted to throw out Taylor Ward on the Los Angeles Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch him at all. Um, he's a pretty, pretty interesting guy. He's a pretty big, really big dude. Uh, you know, he can move pretty fast, actually, and um, he get the ball, too. Uh, so um, I know that the whole Albert Pujols retirement created uh, a little log jam. I mean, a little opening for, for playing time. Ward is seems to be one of the guys who is getting that playing time. Um, I definitely like this pickup here. Um, he just – he have to hope he really plays well enough to overcome the, the um, obvious – come up of Joe Adele and maybe even Brandon Marsh as well. Yeah, I think Ward is going to get playing time in the short term again. And he does have a little power from what my understanding is. So I don't know if he's a big base dealer or anything like that, but um, he's 27. He could have a few weeks of real good value. And maybe when the Angels get everybody back healthy, he could carve out a part-time role. Right. So, so I think he's interesting. I'm not sure what he's going to produce. The first week will probably tell the tale about whether he's a strong pickup next Sunday. Right. Right. Yeah, he has some decent speed. He stole 11 once in the minors and 10. So he can move okay. a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, he has, uh, let's see. Yeah. So who knows? Um, what about Mr. Tyrone Taylor on the Brewers? Um, yeah. It looks like he's uh, going to step into some playing time, which is still – it's interesting because they still have uh, Garcia, Bradley, and Kane as well. But it seems like they're trying to keep um, Kane. And, and, and for some reason, they have this propensity to sit Avisale when he's just smoking hot. You know? Right, it's, right. I think the, the one game he was benched, he was like – uh, eight for 10 in his last two, you know, <laughs> he was just like, and we're just going to sit him, you know, and yeah, right. uh, man, I have him in a lot of spots too. And it just, that frustrates me. It's like, 
their offense stinks too, you know. And yeah, really, it they're not hitting at all. <laughs> they're not hitting at all. I don't know why they would they would bench one of their better hitters right now. Right, right. But but Tyrone Taylor, um, have you seen anything from him that 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 you kind of like, or you think that he can carry any value to a fantasy team? I've, I've got the sneaking feeling that I missed something because I really didn't have him prioritized highly last Sunday. And a lot of people that uh, I respect are, are saying now that they see a lot of good things in his StatCast profile and that he really has shown himself to be a much improved player from a couple of years back. So right. I think probably he's, he's a good addition. I didn't really focus in on him. Maybe uh, it was a miss for me, but uh, I do think he can get some playing time in the near future. And again, who knows when Yelich is going to be back? I'm not sure. And, yeah. And if he's out for a really long time, Taylor could be in there for a good long stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a pretty interesting player. He doesn't strike out much. Um, he doesn't walk a lot, but, um, you know, hits the ball pretty decently hard. Um, yep. And he's got loft in his swing. So um, he's putting it up and he's putting it out at pretty good pretty good ev so um yeah i mean it's interesting i didn't i didn't um try to pick him up and i think actually he was my backup to larnack um so and i think i would have got outbid anyway um as my backup but um okay i don't know pretty pretty interesting profile like like you said um definitely piqued my interest um when I looked at it, I looked at that cast and the fan graphs and his history in the minors. And, you know, it's just another one of those things where you don't know what to expect from like a, a 27 year old bat, you know, all of a sudden, you know, um, stumbles across some playing time and whether you, whether or not you think that you know, guy who's been overlooked a lot of his career can just come in and um, be a worthwhile producer but um he's off to a good start and maybe you yep. can keep it yep. and we can keep it going um yeah, sure. i mean that, that's a big part of it if they can have a good first week they can ensure playing time because the manager gets faith in them and maybe they can get turn that into three four five weeks right right um last last guy i want to talk about here is rowdy Telez. um mm. how do you pro- project him going forward um you know guriel right now is the only one that really, truly, like, kind of struggling. Uh, Gritchuk right. is not coming out at all. Um, right. He's smoking hot. So where do you think he falls in line um, for, with the Blue Jays going forward? I don't think he has a path to regular time without injuries, further injuries. Um, he does. He is left-handed, and that Blue Jay lineup is largely right-handed. So that, I guess, works in his favor. But I do believe that um, they're not going to bench Lourdes Goriel. Yeah, I don't um, think even so. Even if he no. struggles for a little bit longer. I mean, he's just too talented. Um, but other than playing and filling in a DH and first base a couple times a week, I don't see it, barring further injuries. But, yeah, Rowdy does have good power, and he is a reasonably good hitter. I just think he stacks up below those other players. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, you know, for him to, um, I think crack the lineup enough to be worthy of a shot 
you know, going yes. forward. Um, yes. I think I think everyone would like to be. You know, he definitely has he's, his results haven't really um, correctly displayed how well he's hitting the ball. Um, he's just getting kind of uh, a little unlucky right now. Yes. Um, with his batted balls, but um, you know, and and not much has changed else in his profile. So he seems no. to have the same kind of skills, interest wise. Um, as we walked in to the season, he was um a pretty popular sleeper. But I think that now that we kind of get a good look at the team, even without Springer consistently there, it still might not be that easy for him to get in there. Right. I agree. I agree. Let's wait and see, but uh, I think he needs further injuries to really get a lot of playing time. Yep, totally agree. Any of the drops this week that really kind of stood out to you? Um, I guess one interesting guy would be Michael Fulmer, who's bounced around between ads and drops over the last few weeks. He did get a save, and I'm wondering whether the Tigers are really thinking about putting him in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I think he could be better in 2021, Rob, if they did put him in the bullpen rather than trying to get him to throw five or six or seven innings. Um, and then could he get saves? I mean, Gregory Soto and Brian Garcia are not, you know, uh, lockdown closers by any means. So I guess he's an interesting guy to me. He might get some wins in relief in high leverage situations. I would just keep an eye on him in terms of how the Tigers are using him. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. He would be their best closer by far. Um, right. He's shown what he could do in short spurts for sure. And I guess even, 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 even sticking on your team and having as a guy like, um, like Whitlock and Kopech, uh that, you know, that are going, you know, one, two, mm-hmm. one and two thirds and can get you some length and good ratios. Yeah. I think, right. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I kind of think, again, I don't know what the path of, uh, to the majors will be for Matt Manning and some of the other pitchers that the Tigers have, uh, but Urania is giving them, you know, strong innings. Um, and I feel like this should, it might be the route for him. I, you know, like taking right. that. Uh, Kendall Graveman route too, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just like you go from a starter to a reliever, your best stuff plays up in, in short spurts. And like you said, they could use him, you know, right. <laughs> closing out games. The back end of the bullpen is not not pretty for sure. Yeah. Especially in 2021. I mean, maybe in 2022, they could stretch him out and he could give you six, seven innings. But right now, I don't see that he's going to graduate and start to throw that many pitches in one outing. Right. Right. Another guy that I liked from your list um, is, is, is Logan Webb. I was Mm -hmm. uh, actually, that's a guy, um, him and David Peterson, there's two guys I probably personally wouldn't have dropped um, Mm -hmm. if, if I had them on my team, Um, especially Peterson um, and Webb. I think that between Cueto and Sanchez, that they're not going to last all season. Um, And, and Webb, Webb has been the bet, you know, the better pitcher I think underneath the hood than Sanchez has. Uh, the surface stats won't say that, but um, Webb has definitely been throwing the ball pretty well uh, of late. Um, one guy I wanted to to bring up too was uh, Luke Weaver. Um, you know, he was. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, he hasn't been special, but you know, in these fifteen team leagues, and you know, just getting guys to continuously throw 
week in and week out with some upside uh, yep. and coming w- with a, a pretty good two start lineup, uh, you know, this week. Uh, right. And he had a great game um, on Monday, yesterday, versus Miami with six innings on uh, four hits. And then he gets, you know, Washington, which hasn't been the best either at the bat. Yep. Uh, so I thought this was a good week to use him if you yep. had him. So <laughs> that's where it surprises me where I see the drops when it's probably the best week, you know, that you could have had with a guy like this. Yeah, if you already had him, it seems like it would make sense to save him for this two-step. Um, and I do agree with you on Webb and Peterson. This shows, and people can sort of stay vigilant in their leagues, but this shows that if there's one real blow-up outing, people tend to remember that and drop them on the next uh, fab period. Right. And if you're, if you're a believer in a Peterson or a Webb or someone like that, I don't think one bad outing should, especially Webb's was at Coors Field. Right. Um, I think you should be trying to take a little bit of a longer view. Maybe you add him and put him on your bench. You don't start him the next week if you're really nervous. But I do feel like you have to stick with somewhat of your assessment that you had at the beginning of the season. And, right. Uh, both of those guys are reasonably talented, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, the – Web Web Sierra's uh three eight uh, Peterson's three five um, mm-hmm. Web's walk rate is a little high right now but his ball ball percentage the uh, percentage of um, pitches that are balls is 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 kind of um, showing that he should be more at eight eight and a half percent which is way better right. um, you know it, his. Both of the CFWs are 30.1 for Peterson, 28.8 mm-hmm. for Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just think that these uh, in 15-team leagues for starting pitching, these are two uh, that I would have hold, held on to daily, I think. Um, yeah. For sure, right. going forward. And these are guys that, at least for now, you can look at the matchups and see whether they make sense for you. Right. Webb is starting, I think, tonight home to Texas. Right, which is and the great. Mets, the Mets uh, schedule shows Peterson, he's at Tampa on Friday. Right. And Tampa's a good team, but they're not a team that usually scores eight runs in, a, in an outing. Mm-hmm. So I think you could start a Peterson on Friday there too. Um, I think so. Yeah, right. so, so we'll wait and see. But again, I, I would just stay vigilant for players that each, each, each of the fantasy owners believe is good but had one bad outing, that's when it might be your opportunity. Right. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, the blowups are, are definitely something, you know, that uh, that causes everyone to go, you know, go the other way sometimes with uh, yes. the player. But um, another guy I wanted to bring up real quick, the last drop I wanted to mention was J.P. Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, he was dropped in six leagues. Now he's he's not lighting the world on fire, but he recently batted um, leadoff uh, last two games, I believe. Um, so he's he he's been you know slowly creeping his average up to two seventy, um, the sixteen runs and, and twelve ribbies. It's 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 it's, it's pretty solid. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like as he's gotten better across the season. And he's moving up in the order now. Just it's a, it's a strange drop where he's actually, um, you know, showing more promise and getting more opportunity to do yeah. that. So 
Um, he, he is pl- getting playing time. I've been disappointed with his lack of power. He hasn't really seemed to barrel the balls up very often. Right, right. But I think he is young enough that you can hope that he improves, especially if the lineup gets better with Kelnick in there. Maybe he can start to build on that. And if he's up batting where Seeger and Hanniger are, he might get some better pitches to look at. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the same, uh, the case as well. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the promising skills that, that, that got a lot better last year. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, I've been a JP, JP Crawford fan for, uh, for a little bit now. So, um, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to keep getting those opportunities. And like you said, I think the offense will get better um, once they take a couple of 130 batters out of the lineup like <laughs> Dylan Moore and Evan White. Uh, yeah, yeah. It can't get just, any worse. The Mariners oh, can't. can't get any worse. Right. I mean, Definitely I, can't. I've really been shocked just on a side. I, I really expected Evan White to be better. Yeah, me too. I, I did not expect him to be, you know, a, a 300 hitter or something crazy, but – He's batting like 150, and he he had a home run the other day, but that was his first one, I believe. So I I just don't know what's happening with him. It it seems like the Mariners are not good at developing hitting because the guys that are actually hitting well, Seager and Hanniger, I don't think is because of the way the Mariners developed them. You know, they, they, they just are veterans that know how to hit. And so I think the other, the young kids, are not getting any direction that I can see to how to improve themselves. And it's easy to blame the coaches, I guess, but I just don't see any progress. Right. I, I, I would agree with you there. I, I don't think, um, and I hope that doesn't continue with Kelnick and Rodriguez, uh, you know, yeah. but they, you know, France, France wasn't really in their system. It came from somewhere else, but right. Uh, right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely interesting point there, Todd. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the main event overall standings and sure. uh, some of the, uh, you know, go through again some of the players that are really standing out um, that are in the top threes in the overalls. Sure. So uh, the standings show uh, Abdul Madani in first place. He was actually the 2019 main event winner. So the last time we had a full season, he, he won the overall. Um, and now he's back in first again. And then we have some other excellent players like Samuel Horton, Jeff Zimmerman and Fred Zinke are in third as a tag team combination, Greg Martin and Scott Kotchek, and then John Posma. So there's a lot of really good players up at the top. And then I went through the, um, the guys that have multiple uh, teams in the top three, uh, Douglas Gruber, for example, has two firsts and one second. Richard DeMondo has two firsts and one third. Our buddy Phil DeSalt has uh, two first places, along with Patrick Gallagher and Jeremy Brader. And then our, our, our real pals, the guys that really stick up for us, Rob, <laughs> Matthew Davis and Brian Slack, uh, one first and two seconds for both of them. So, um, you know, I wish they would uh, give you and me some tips, but since (laughs) they're not going to do that, um, we'll just have to give them a congratulations. And uh, there's still a long way to go. But one thing I did point out, I don't know if you noticed it in the article, is that I tried to keep track of how many 
new leaders in main event leagues there were this week compared to last week. Yeah, I love this point right here. I think everyone's going to really appreciate this. Yeah, and out of 43 leagues, only 14 of them had new leaders. Now, mm. again, there was movement between second and third and, you know, people that were fifth and coming up to third, etc. But I just wanted to make the point that the standings are getting a bit stickier. It's right. a little harder to move up now. And if you have a lead, it's a little safer. It doesn't mean that with injuries and lack of performance, you can't fall backwards. But I think even after just a few weeks, um, it's going to be harder to take down some of these uh, leaders, that especially the ones that have 130, 135 points. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's a great, great observation there. Uh, definitely see that, you know, um, everything's starting to become a little more stable with less movement. Um, right. And that's what, you know, sample size and, and, and all the games played start to bring us. And it's, it's the same thing in like the player evaluation. I feel like now I'm able to get more of a gauge of like, this guy is worth, you know, mm. this much in fab because you can kind of see the skills stabilizing a little bit, or you kind of got, even if they're not stabilized and you, you have an, more of an idea than you did in week one or two. And you just, um, you know, trying to fill in holes and uh, make up for an injury, you know, when yep. you're throwing wild bids at guys with skills you may not know of, but, you know, now um, definitely starting to, uh, you know, get a little easier to do those type of things out there. So, right. yeah, um, I made a big move in our league. I moved up a point and a half. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, if everybody would just cooperate and let you and I uh, move up by ourselves while they stayed stable, it would be easier. But we're in a tough league. All those uh, other 13 players are good. And uh, I think it's going to be difficult to move up and, and, and try to get into the top three. Yeah, I'm finding that out more and more, um, especially <laughs> the disparity in the in certain categories and like how Buddy Phil was explaining how much uh, it's going to take to, you know, catch up in a specific category um, or how long it takes. Uh, so, right. But yeah. it can be done. I mean, I think it doesn't want to be too, too, too downhearted. Nope. It can be done if I've seen teams make a sustained push over many weeks and come up from like eighth or ninth up to second place. And I just think you can't expect to do that in one week. And no, right. in the second week of the season, sure, you could go from 10th to first some, somewhat easily. But I'm now right. you've got to make sustained charge. You've got to have you know strong hitting for weeks in a row. You can't just say, I'm going to have one really outstanding week right. and, and, and fix everything. Absolutely. I'm more at peace with that right now. I, you know, um, really had to drive it home into my head to understand that, that, you know, it's not going to all shake up or improve in one week. So just got to right. keep grinding, Todd. That's it. That's it. We got to do what it. You're doing. You know, we're, we're in it. It's a long, it's a long season. It's only, uh, as I mentioned in the article, about 21% old. And, you know, there's plenty of time to, for lots of things to happen. Right. If I took a snapshot of all the leaders, read at this moment and said, how many will finish first? I still don't think a majority would be first at the end of the year. That's a long time. So, it is. So, you know, you got to play it out. You got to do all the moves. You got to grind on fab. 
And, you know, with, with luck and maybe a little bit of a lack of injuries, I would hope that there's a lack of injuries Major League Baseball wide, but it seems to be a really bad year for injuries so far. And I think it's a lot of it too is, is, is like I was saying about the Grom. I think a lot of it too is that teams are more adept now to going like the NBA route with the load management per se uh, and yeah. saying, Hey, you know, it's okay. If you're banged up a little bit, we can right. give you a little bit of a rest. Right. So right. where like maybe um, the injuries may not be as serious or as, you know, a way to keep a guy off uh, the team, I think it's they're more inclined to go that way, and that kind of drives up the quote unquote injured list numbers. When a lot of it may just be, um, well, not a lot of it, but sometimes I think that just happens where it's like, okay, it's fine, you don't have to work through it. We want to rest you right now, anyway, exactly. you know, or something exactly. like that. So, um, you just never... want to avoid the uh, double injury list designation like CJ Crone and uh, Yelich and Springer where they come back and then they just have to go right back on the injured list. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, Todd. Thank you for, uh, you know, doing this wonderful thing again with me. Sure, every no day, problem. Every week. Uh, why don't you tell everyone again where they could find you on Twitter sure. and where they could find your work? So it's at Telestar7 on Twitter, uh, spstreamer.com for the free article that you can find this week's article was titled Fantasy Advice from Mom. <laughs> I tried to fit in a few jokes, uh, as Rob was alluding to. Um, and then um, the, there's also the Discord channel that Rob and I are on frequently at uh, SP Streamer. It does cost $15 a year, and I think it's worth it because you can bounce ideas off people and get a lot of tips and advice. Um, so it's a, it's a good package. I'm available on all those platforms and hopefully we help people by just give, giving a little information about what's happening in the main event league and it can be applicable to other leagues as well. Absolutely. Totally makes sense, Todd. Good luck this week. Hopefully we can climb the rankings and yes. uh, keep soaring, my okay. friend. Thank you, Rob. Take all care. Right. Take care, Todd. Alrighty, folks, thank you again for tuning in to the Pole Hitter Podcast, making the journey awesome and fun for me. It's uh, great to be able to do this and uh, people listen and help them in any fashion. It'd be great. Thank you for conversing on Twitter, hitting me up and um, yeah, just talking about baseball and life. So appreciate all the feedback, appreciate all the love, um, hope everyone's really, you know, having a positive outlook on life because, you know, I'm trying to keep uh, reassuring everyone that because, uh, you know, I think it's, it's the, it's the starting point for a healthy, a healthy day, a healthy life, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, there's so much tapped into our brain that, that we need to, you know, be in tune with to be able to see if we're living at our best, if we're performing at our best, if we're thinking as clearly as we can. So um, it's a daily struggle for everybody, right? So um, hope everyone's practicing healthy, healthy living, healthy mindset, because that really makes you shine. So with that being said, remember everyone, you could be anything in this world, just don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>